What's up, Dunwoody? This is a conversation we had with Jay Vinicky, our assistant city manager here in the city of Dunwoody. I heard Jay speak at a city council meeting a while back and was like, why has this dude never been on the podcast? He's like charismatic and fun and his information is straight from the city manager's office, so it's definitely on point. So here he is. Uh, I'm going to make this a short intro because it's kind of a long conversation we had a few weeks ago. My name is Matt Weber. I'm a real estate agent. My co-host is Justin Dyke. He's the founder of PoolDues.com. He's also my brother-in-law. Our wonderful sponsor of this somewhat average podcast is Dr. Brett Friedman from Village Orthodontics. If you're a listener to the show, you've probably heard a whole bunch of reasons to hit up Village Orthodontics. And when you do, please mention to him that you heard of his practice on the podcast. I love when he tells me that uh, he got a new client that came in after hearing their name on the show. They do great work on your mouth, but more important to me is that they're really good people there at Village Orthodontics. So here's our conversation from Dunwoody City Hall. What's up, Dunwoody? Welcome back to the What's Up, Dunwoody podcast. All right, we're here with Jay Vinicky. Did can, I get it can right? You, can you yes, do, you got it right. Wait, can you cool. do that again? I hadn't started it yet. All right, we're here with Jay Vinicky. Wait, can you do it one more time? Can we, we are here. Hey, can you start it one more time? <laughs> We're here with Jay Vinicky. Do the do, Vinicky, do, do, what is do that? the Ukrainian? dials do the dials on your big watch adjust the the millage rate here in the city? The dials on this big watch are a G Shock, and only cool people wear G Shocks. <laughs> That's my commercial plug for the day. Maybe they'll send me a free one. It's it's like an inch thick. <laughs> they will, and by the way, they will definitely send you a free one. You'll get ten of them in the mail next week, <laughs> just for that. Nobody's listening. <laughs> Are we, are we going to talk? We're going to lead off with taxes, the most exciting thing. Uh, well, we can start off with what the city council has done over the past few years. And this is one of the things that, as Dunwoody grows into, as we call it, its adolescence phase, it's a teenager now, is the city council about three years ago started the first step with capital planning. And, it, and it's evolving year by year. And what happened was they looked at it and we go, well, we have this plan. We'd like to do it. These are things we'd like to do. We didn't know if we could afford them. So Linda Neighbors, the finance... It was just parks, plant, was parks, police... Parks, police, and paving. paving. Parks, yeah, police, and paving. Form. And then maybe there was a fourth P at some point. Yeah, I don't remember what it was. Must uh, not have been important. But we're at the point now where we do have things the citizens want, and we had plans on shelves of what we would like to do, but we didn't have funding for it, and it was just every year, if we saved a little bit, we would, we would build a little bit. Mm -hmm. So Linda Neighbors, who's the finance director, and I sat down and brought to council the idea of what most cities do that, are, that have been around for years. You know, we've been around for a decade. We adopted a five-year capital improvement plan, and everything in that plan is basically mostly splossed, the sales tax that can pay for basically transportation and public safety. And a little bit of general fund money, of which there's not a lot, but we do have some. And then hotel motel tax was the third one. So we came up with a five-year plan of what we as a city could afford. And the council realized, oh, if we vote on this and a, a constituent says, when are you doing this sidewalk? They can point to year 2025 and say it's in the plan for there, and it's not just a dream. It's actually a very likely funded out in the future thing. So that was step one. That's and a good thing because people like to complain, and if they know that it's coming in 2023, then they can complain early, right? <laughs> I, think the, I think that's close to it. The best thing about it is is a any citizen can look and say this is, on, this is in there in that right. year, and even if it's five years out, they know it's five years out. They also project or also created a list of unfunded capital projects, of which we had maybe a hundred, and that wasn't the the, the entirely exhaustive list on mm -hmm. it. So it gave us 
a plan that we could do. Then wonderful COVID happened as soon as we adopted it. And therefore, the hotel motel money just went, went, disappeared. Um, So we kind of had to revise it a little bit, which is standard. Every year, we're going to revise the plan. And then after that, we had the list of unfunded capital, which came into this bond list. It gave us the things that the city knew it wanted. It wasn't going to have everything on it, and some things on it we knew we would never need, but it gave the beginning discussion point for that, of things we know. And that list is going to always be nine figures or better, you know, dreams or dreams. Um, So they worked with that for a while, and then this past year, we started to do operating forecasts, which were like CIP, Um, basically projecting revenue out for about five years and projecting expenditures out. A city as small as Dunwoody can, a major project like High Street can bump revenues up for just a year, not forever, but a little bit for a year for the building permits. And then once it's built, then there's on the tax digest. When we started reviewing that, we realized that we were coming up against two things that need to be talked about with taxes. One, the city of Dunwoody in the county of DeKalb has the lowest tax rate of everybody. It is 2.74 mils, which for your homeowner is 1.74. You get an additional mill exemption. So anybody that's a Dunwoody resident is paying $200 to $500 a year for police parks and paving. Mm -hmm. Not bad. Uh, Not bad at all. Hell of a deal. We (laughs) do know that in today's environment, though, that the expenses are increasing faster than the revenue. And one of the things we've got going against us is that residential property tax values are frozen. So if you were here in 2009 and your tax bill for the city portion was $300, you were still paying $300 12 years later. So it's a 0% increase. The only reason it would have gone up is you sold your house to someone else or you built an addition onto your house. That would have done a little bit of a, of a, it would have moved the needle a bit. So we did know that half of our major tax source, property tax revenue, is frozen. And you really can't build a business that way. Even the cities in North Fulton, uh, like the Miltons and the Roswells of the world, have a freeze, but they index it to inflation. So they index it to like CPI or something like that. So they get a little bit of growth. The only growth we get is if a house sells or if a commercial building is built. Those are the only two ways that we get it right now. So So is the freeze because of homestead exemption or is that something totally different? uh, Think of it this way. The... Homestead exemption is what qualifies you for the freeze. A homesteaded okay. property means it's your primary residence, mm-hmm. and you can't, it can't be your secondary home. So if you live in, um, if you have a home up in the mountains, that's your secondary home. Right. You can't claim it there. So in the city of Dunwoody, if you claim homesteaded, you will receive a ten thousand dollar just exemption, just a standard exemption. You will receive the one mil exemption, decreasing your rate to 2.74. And the third thing is your home value will be frozen based upon the first year you applied for it. What if you remodel your kitchen, Matt? (laughs) He should submit the correct building permits that are then forwarded to the county. I did that this this time I did that. I'll write down his address before we leave. Uh, Here is the one thing about it, though, is on a remodel of a kitchen and things like that, improvements to your home change the value of your home. Now, it doesn't necessarily, it's the improvement itself. So if you add a deck that's $10,000, your home increases by $10,000. Oh, if I don't get a new TV, it doesn't count, right? No. What if it's a really big TV? If it's big enough to be in your backyard, then then your neighbors may complain a little bit about the light source. Um, So anyway, though, we started looking at that, and the council realized that the city charter was written with a cap in it, 3.040 mils, and they're taxing at 2.74 mils. 
So it's a 30 cent increase, okay? A small one, and for most of your houses, it was between 40 and $80, somewhere in that neighborhood. And they go, okay, we're not even at the cap. So there's no use us asking, can we run the city at a higher one until we show whether or not we mesh with that. Um, some of the expenses that are going up, I mean, as we can all tell on inflation, in the past two years, if you start to add the different, and, and some cities like to do one big 20% increase, we've actually kind of done it in a small, more incremental manner. A lot of our police officers have received basically a 20% raise over the past two years. That's great. We, we've done it, we do one in January with conjunction with the budget, and then at mid-year or in the third or fourth quarter, we've adjusted also. And we just did another one at the last meeting. So we're looking at it more in shorter bursts. So it means a smaller then, but it does add up to the same one. And for recruitment and retention, it's one of those things that's going to be an operating cost we know in the future. Um, if you look at most cities, Historically, for the past 10 years, average raises have been about 3%. Why? Inflation's been below 3 It's yeah. worked. We've given a little, little bit more above it, but now we've got inflation capping in this area, 9 and 10% annually. So we're starting to look at it's going to be a more competitive environment. So we built a forecast with an average 4%, knowing it might be a little bit higher. We also have to look at healthcare. I mean, healthcare is one of those things. It, it at minimum increases eight to ten percent a year for the health benefits that you give to public employees like police officers so we looked at that we also knew that austin and vermac the two biggest land that we have undeveloped right now are going to come online in the next five years we know that's an additional maintenance and operating cost um, we also know there's other things that we would like to do at some time our public works department which is great is running all over the place there's going to be additional needs for staffing at that time there's also huge demand on our park system. Brook Run, which is a jewel of a park, is open almost all the time. And on the weekends, you can't, I mean, it's packed. Well, we only have a five-member park staff. So that we're gonna- That was one member. When we first had Brent on, remember that? He was just the only one. Brent was Parks. Crazy. That's his middle name right now. Yeah. Brent Parks Walker. <laughs> um, but now we're we're up to five, and five is, is I mean, they're busy. They still having a hard time. Yeah, and the citizens now are looking at things like Brook Run. <clears throat> we want it to be activated, mm -hmm. and it and it is. Only, you know, there's not a weekend that you can't basically find it. You know, there's not a free weekend except for the times when we're trying to let the lawn repair itself and things like that. So we started looking at the operating forecast and seeing what this would do over the next year. And the key metrics you need, always need to focus on are that we need to maintain a fund balance above four months. So to give it the lay member's term on December 31st of every year in our checking account, my finance director will scream by me using that number. It's not technically there. Break it down for the dummies. Yeah. Um, we need to have make sure we have enough money to run the place for four months if we never earned any more revenue. That's the minimum. Lately, we've been running seven to eight, which is good, which means we can solve problems as we go on. And we said, well, let's look at it and look at what would happen if we raised to the cap used a little bit of fund balance over the next three years, and in three years also see where the economy is. Mm -hmm. um, one of our major revenue sources, and really this is the one that was hit, the one that I can say was hit by COVID and has kind of recovered but not, I don't feel comfortable with it, is the hotel motel tax. We would see receive about 1.5 to run the city, or 1.5 million or so. And in, uh, I might be wrong in the exact month, but in April or May it of 2020, it was almost zero. Yeah. Like that month, I've never seen, I just, the, we're, the finance team and I are sitting down staring at 5% of our revenue has just vaporized, will it ever come back? One good thing is slowly it has. 
the fear we still have, just like all of us, is as numbers wax and wane with coronavirus, what happens if there's another spike at some point and then businesses go cut back on travel again or luxury travel or vacation travel also disappears. So until I've got maybe a year or two years of very stable on that, we're incredibly cautious at projecting that revenue out. So in that case, the city council sat and at the retreat back in uh, March of this year, they were presented with an operating forecast that shows, okay, next two years or so, we might go from seven months to below the four month. Now, again, all forecasts are conservative. Probably it'll happen more like three or four years. So they said, let's look at increasing it to help make sure that we don't have what's called a structural deficit, uh, which is one of the things that if the city goes ahead and issues bonds in 2023, when you always hear of cities being a triple A city, it means that the rating agencies have said you are the highest caliber bond. You are the safest bond. You get the lowest interest rate. One of the things they like to look at is whether or not you have a structural deficit. So this is actually preempting that ahead of time to saying, look, make sure you don't have it. Yeah. Yeah. And we can't, you know, the economy is always wiggy. You have to have a way out of it. But we're looking at I, I do take applause in every single member on the council actually has taken an interest in looking at it this way. They're they're trying to make sure that they are making decisions this year that they know two or three years they can still handle. Which is hard because they might not be on the council in two or three years. That is the way all elected <laughs> officials work. It's like you may or may not be in the seat, but all of them are planning as if they know it's for the best interest of the city right. and they're not just doing anything willy-nilly. Yeah. Well, I think there's people need to think of things in perspective a little bit, right? Like you said, it's what are we paying, about $200 for police parks, blah, blah, blah. You go on vacation. Everybody here in Dunway goes on vacation once a year. You go on vacation, two drinks at the bar are going to cost you $20 each drink, practically. I mean, I was just down there and tested. You know, so let's break your meals down by, you know. Drinks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> drinks. Well, no, seriously, think about it, you know. And and for all these things that we're getting throughout the year, the use of Brook Run, the and every family here in Dunway goes to Brook One, run five times a year for something other, you know. No. And it, and it, the best thing about it is Dunwoody is small and compact enough where all the citizens can see their amenities. Yeah. You can I don't care where you live in Dunwoody. It might be a long walk, but you can walk to Brook Run. Right. And now that we've got Austin and when Vermax up and developed, you're going to have something that's very – and Perimeter Center East just down the road. You're going to have anything very close to you. Well, it's what the citizens want. You know – very few and far between do you ever hear somebody say, I don't want any parks. Yeah. No, you're going to use it, even if it's just once a year, that, hey, let's get out of the house, take the kids down there. They can run um, splash pads or the things to play in. You know, It's things like that. you got to run them. And yeah. that's where the city council has started to realize the city that exists in 2022 is, at its core, influenced by what happened in 2008 in its creation. But the citizens here say, hey, we want to be... I, I, world-class city is a is a thing people like to use, but really we want to be something where everybody that moves here knows as soon as you do, oh, you go here for your park, here are the programs we offer between baseball and soccer programs uh, and all things like that. You've got it. We've got the Spruill Arts Center, which people don't think about quite frequently. That is got the most variety you can of anything like that. Well, you know, the Spruill runs it, but we're maintaining it. Things like that we've got to look at. So we've started looking at that for the future. Yeah, and I love that you give those to people. Like the che- or, uh, Rush Union, I guess, runs the soccer fields. Spruill runs that. 
Nature Center runs that. I mean, it's your land, but they run it wait, for wait, you. Wait, Matt, let's not rush past. He said Splash Pad. What's going on? Is there is this Perimeter Center East have a? At some they point, will. there will be a Splash oh, Pad in Dunwoody. I just can't guarantee when. Okay. So, but, but is that the proposed location? The... That one, I honestly don't know. Oh, okay. I don't remember. I just it, we. I've heard for, that too. Yeah. Uh, um, and you'll have to forgive me on sometimes I just totally forget when things go in one ear out the other. Yeah. But what, splash pads are one of those things that is talked about as an amenity that we are lacking. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. it's one of the things that we know, hey, this is something we need to look at at some point. Yeah. Well, I know Roswell's got a couple of them, right? So, yeah, you look at what, the, like you're saying, you look at what the other cities have done that are a little bit ahead of us, mm-hmm. right? Um, and then back to your talking about Rush Union, Dunwoody Senior Baseball. That's kind of the way that we're doing, still doing the public-private partnership in a lot of ways, is back to Parks' is five staff members. If Parks is not running it, then yeah. they're running baseball too, and that's adding staff members. So we have good you know, working relationships with them, and it's a way to provide the services, but not necessarily overburden the city with the cost of them. Yeah, I think it's happy on both sides. I, I rarely hear anybody complain about the city or the other way around no it's it's i think it's a good setup especially for a smaller city that grew out of a county right is saying look these are the things we're offering and um it works as almost i want to say a subcontractor probably mm-hmm. a, a word that you could use for it and they're running part of the parks program they're overseen by the park staff and they're not running it just on their own right. but the city uses them as a true partner yeah it's a good way of doing it I was about to say, we should give you a break. To yeah, I'm okay. Get that You've been there. trying to drink yeah. that drink, too, for a while. That's okay. I just got to breathe. <laughs> for, for, for those who don't know, someone's having an asthma attack. <laughs> I've heard a lot about this American Rescue Plan funding. <laughs> you Tell me more. Where, where have you heard about it? It's funny. I think just in passing, somebody on the street was okay. mumbling about it. Um, here's, here's what it is. The American Rescue Plan funding is the federal funding that went to all the cities and counties and states the biggest transfusion of federal money we do know about that i guess so previous podcast where you weren't listening (laughs) (laughs) and what's happened is about uh let's see one month ago the city council for dunwoody approved the budget for its allotment of the american rescue plan funding and one of the things about it that they did that i think was good technically some cities just use it to plug holes in their budget they, I, I, none in Georgia because I think the distribution floor formula actually made it so that the Georgia cities got a little bit more than your northeastern cities and your west coast cities, which were actually plugging holes in their budget. So they're just running their police department on it. This city council said, we're going to take our $18 million. Do, first, do we need to plug holes in it? And we said, well, it would help a little bit, but we it's one-time funding. Don't use it to do that. Right. So they took the whole $18 million and what they ended up doing was saying, we're going to do this in the same intent to help those that were affected by COVID. And they went ahead and approved the budget in June for all but about 10 million of it. And I'm pulling it up to make sure I'm quoting my numbers, right? So out of the 18 million or so that's available for the city of Dunwoody, the biggest portion of it, just shy of 5 million, is on stormwater projects. And I know that does not sound sexy, okay? <laughs> it doesn't. But our stormwater budget is about two to two and a half million a year. That's for Michael Smith and the public works crew to maintain the system. They're fixing things. They're doing little small things. If we need a million dollar project, it eats up half a year's budget. 
So this the water and stormwater is an eligible use under ARP. It's one of those things, and along with broadband, and broadband really isn't an issue in Dunwoody, but we the city council said, let's take about a third of this, $5 million of it, and dedicate it to stormwater for those big projects that we say we can't do because it would wipe out the annual budget. So it's a good use of one-time funding. And again, that's going to happen over the next few years. Um, second biggest thing is Perimeter Center East Park that's going to be built with it. And part of that, even though some people were questioning how to, why are you doing a parks with this, when the hotel motel tax collapsed, we were going to bond out that revenue to build PCE Park. It was the perfect match made in heaven. Uh, the tax got raised from seven to eight on hotel rooms. That increment was going to be used to help fund a bond that built amenities hotel users would use. Well, we are not going to bond the hotel motel tax anytime in the next few years. So we're doing this as kind of like a fix for what we would have done. Mm -hmm. And I think that's probably a best use for something that's a legacy project is we're sitting here and somebody in all our shoes 20 years from now will have that park open and they'll go, we did it with the federal money we got during the coronavirus pandemic. And we did it because the hotels were vacant. And then the hotels that are here, when they recruit people, they can always point to one of their things they told us was there's no trails walking anything for people that stay here guess what they'll have something in a year to point at that way yeah um next biggest pot of money that we've got is two million for direct assistance and that's one of those where we're also kind of doing a little bit like the public private partnership we put an rfq a request for qualifications on the street and what we did was we said not for profits apply show us that you're a financially stable b have a presence in the dunwoody area not necessarily the dunwoody city because when you're serving charities there are no boundaries and then the third thing is also show that you have a plan for what you would like to do with that and we've gotten those applications in and we're going to work with them as being like a direct provider of the service and i'll give you the example that we've already done out of that two million two hundred thousand has already been given to corners outreach academy and they ran a summer program over it and what they did was we gave vouchers to any kid in Dunwoody City that Limits. That was a great one. I really like that. And you get free your free entry for you. And then for those outside of Dunwoody, because we do know we have parents that live in Norcross that work in Dunwoody, there's relations. If you qualify based off of low income, we'll even do the people in the neighboring cities to come over and do it. So Corners Outreach had a summer program that I, I want to say we were up to 170 kids the last I saw yeah. that this wouldn't have happened otherwise. And that was at the middle school, right? I think so. They did it? Yeah. I think that was a location. Was I think like they did two camp. It was yeah, really cool. that's cool. They uh -huh. did two locations off of it. Okay. And we've even been talking with, and they were uh, some of the applicants, and we will bring it to council shortly of those that are recommended. Um, try to duplicate that method. Mm -hmm. In other words, we all know that as soon as 2020 March happened and kids went virtual, learning suffered. I mean, it, it's it. You, learning at the kitchen table is tough. Yeah. And those kids will forever be somewhat a little bit behind so let's do things that we can do to promote them and educational things and between things we've got like the nature center and the art center even things like stage door players and the like that we run as not-for-profits for them if they can go out and reach out to those communities that were affected or those communities that are underserved uh, there's lots of people that like for instance some areas of Dunwoody where the residents don't even know that the art center exists if we can use it as a reach out effort to them for educational efforts. And I think it's a good a good method of using federal funding for direct assistance on that. Right. So this is a perfect time to set up that charity that you were talking about. Huh? Maybe get some money off of it. 
<laughs> and, and there What's are, my charity? And, and there are reasons that we oh. set up that you must have been in existence for uh, so many years. <laughs> so, and oh, I want, my, the, my vacation fund? Is yeah, that the... <laughs> That's another thing that I will actually pride my council on that they did with not just the federal money that they got this time around, but the CARES money beforehand. I will have to say there are some jurisdictions in our area that misuse the funds. We were so <laughs> transparent. It almost, we got to, uh, me and the, the various staff members here got into signing frenzy, as we called it. When we did, the, we received the CARES money, some of the direct assistance was to local businesses that could not pay rent or utilities. Mm -hmm. And this was 2020 when things were just shut down. The restaurants, yeah. You owned a restaurant and you weren't open. That meant you weren't making money, you were still paying rent. So we set up a program where if you if you could prove that you paid your rent for, I can't remember what the exacts were, like August and September, we would cut you a check back for it. So, but back to the transparency part, the economic development director, the finance director, and myself all had to sign off on them. So we did that and every single thing we've done with CARES money and with ARP, we've taken to council. I don't care if it's small, big, or you know, otherwise. We want to make sure they are the last vote and they're the ones approving it. So for instance, back to this direct assistance grant, at hopefully the next council meeting or the next, we're going to approve, here are the X number of people that will receive or be eligible for the grant funding. Don't want it to be behind closed doors, want it to be open and transparent. And I applaud the staff here for sticking to those guns and the council here for sticking to that. There's no behind the scenes thing on it. It's like, no, oh, and the question becomes, should we take it to council? There's a question never asked, it's take it to council. So you don't actually have to, but you are, yeah, I got it. You Correct. don't want to be Stonecrest? Was it Stonecrest that? I couldn't, I just read that story, oh my gosh. There, there, are, there are just other jurisdictions. Yes. And I just want to make sure that we are, we are above board on this. Um, other things we're looking at with this funding, uh, 1.5 million is dedicated to something we're now calling recreational equity. We have parks, we've already discussed that. We have some areas of the city that are underserved and we tend not to look at it or whatnot. So we said, let's take some of this funding, 1.5 million, to dedicate specifically to find where we aren't serving. So this could end up being, and we don't have plans yet for it, a, a acre pocket park somewhere in Dunwoody where there's nobody within a you know no park within a mile so you've got like apartment complexes or one of those where it's not available kids can go to Brook Run and we do say it's close by but it's a long walk give them an acre an acre half park with a, a swing set and a playground on it they've got an amenity they've never had so specifically looking at under underserved areas it's a good bragging rights too for dunwoody that anybody can walk to a park you know if, within no matter where you live there's a within a mile from your house that's I, a great way of doing that a, a city that can it can point to that and say this is what we do and that you can walk to it yeah you know families that move when they see that as and i'm not even using it as an advertising game it's just a good place to live right we all were five-year-old and we walked to the park at one time you know we might walk for two hours but you know when we came in 08 i, I remember or was it 2010 9 i don't remember when we moved here but there was a brook run was pretty much the only park there wasn't a whole lot and then that winwood mm -hmm. has popped up and i mean there's there's a lot of them around now um other things that we started looking at so about a million dollars of this arp funding will be used for cybersecurity, and again a non-glamorous expense but it's one of those things I, I can always find things to upgrade there's not a day goes by where you do not receive an email that says here's the newest threat yeah and i applaud our our it department on getting ahead of the curve on that another one we've got in there is a million dollars for a prototype project we're calling a social services incubator 
Uh, this is one of the things that I, I really like that city staff has kind of coalesced around is when we had the CARES money, which was all direct assistance. It was, here's money for the businesses for rent and utilities. Here's money for not-for-profits for grants. Afterwards, we said, let's do a lessons learned thing. So we got all the not-for-profits in a room. And we said, okay, the first thing you want is cash. And we know that, you know, that would it. But we may have this new federal funding coming in. What other than just cash to you would be beneficial? And they almost all instantly said a physical location. All of these not-for-profits are always run by well-meaning people. From their basement. From their basement. Wow. From a church basement. And when you, um, and I won't use the the names of the actual agencies, but one would say, okay, so-and-so family needs rental assistance. So they come to us, but we don't do rental assistance. This other one does. Mm -hmm. Well, part of the logistics is transportation for the mile to get over to the other church or something like that. So we started looking and we said, there's always buildings we'd like to buy and, you know, that aren't getting bought. Let's look at one of those that we could transform into a location for these. So we're looking at this as the beginning of something that would create a place where five or six not-for-profits could at least have an office. And then when there's a family that needs social services of some type, point to the blue building, point to the red building. Whatever. That's really cool. Well, that's brilliant. It's like a WeWork, but for just charities or, yeah. Dutch, or non-profits. Right? Yeah, it, 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 it's much the same way. And we were- It'd be the charity district. Well, yeah, I mean, and then one is going to fuel the other. And like you're saying, it's like, well, I know a guy who's one cubicle this way or whatever, you know, you, one you, couch that way. Yeah. <laughs> you, you've hit on it perfectly because what we envision is they don't have to man it 24-7. Right. But the the current conceptual design is we refurb the building, keep it minimal. It's going to be shelf space. And then they can have offices there and they will pay us rent, which will do utilities and housekeeping and maintenance. And also part of their agreement will be one of them has to man the front desk. So Charity A gets it on Monday, Charity B gets it on Tuesday. That way there's a person there, somebody walks in the door, they say, my family can't even figure out where the food kitchens are. Well, here's the three food kitchens in Dunwood. The front desk receptionist is there. Uh, we've even talked to the county, which has a social services department, and they would even be willing to staff a person up here if we can get it up and running. So That's really cool. This is the beginning of something where, again, a legacy project, use the federal funding for something that people can use afterwards, and it's always the teach a man to fish analogy. Mm -hmm. In this case, if we can have a place where they can live, they can still they still may run out of their church or run out of their basement, but they know, hey, guess what? This is Thursday, this is our day to be there. And if they aren't there, leave your collateral on the table and leave your business card. Everybody knows how to call somebody else. Right. What a model for other cities to adopt too. You know, if you guys get that humming, right? If, have the, you seen really that cool. before? Is that something that's no, we no. haven't seen it before. That's this, really cool. Then. This was this came out of a conversation. This literally was a, hey, how you doing? What did we do right? What did we do wrong? What do you need next? And we're mm -hmm. like, wow. And then you always hear this in terms of economic small business incubators, where you know it's an empty building that's used as shelf space, the WeWork type of, of of thing in some some ways. But in this case, I we were finding because occasionally people will call City Hall. Where do I get this? And we don't have a social services department, so it was coming to me and a few other staff members. Oh, here are the people we know. If there was just one building, and that way even the churches around here or the other not-for-profits would know. Here's where we go. The other thing, and this is back to I hate using buzzwords, but this is synergy. We had yeah. some not-for-profits that had not known about the others. And when you were saying the other day, like, we don't do this, or the, just a bit ago, we don't do this, but we do that, you put them all under one roof, eventually they're going to have something that's a big event 
that would have never happened otherwise. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, that space could use a podcast room, too. <laughs> well, I mean, seriously, a little cubicle or something like that. But not cubicle, but yeah, soundproof room. We could feature room. all of them. I learn about nonprofits all the time in Dunwoody and, you know, stuff that real small that you've never heard of. But no, that would be great for them. I, I have, um, I can't, the, the word we should use is bonded with them. We, we call them the gang of eight. Mm-hmm. And when you start to do it and then they call you up, hey, and it, it sounds almost silly at some point. We built a freezer. And you get excited because you walked over there. They're the food kitchen. And do you know what they really need? A freezer that'll be there for 15 years. Yeah. And when you start seeing that stuff, you get that warm and fuzzy. You're like, hey, this is the, what you're supposed to do during times of crisis. Um, other little smaller things we've got in there. Um, we're doing some stuff with public safety lighting. Uh, we'd like to, there are some areas of the city that we kind of need to work on that are just poorly lit. And we want to use some of this to accelerate that process. Uh, because light shines and protects people. I mean, it, it does. Um, that's not the Brook Run lights, though. It's no, no, that's okay. a... That's a we, well, we did some of that because mm. some of that is safety-related. Yeah. Uh, but we're looking at other areas, like uh, specifically around apartment complexes near corridors. Cool. Do we, do we do anything safety-wise with, like, license plate readers, like just analyzing that data? Uh, the police department uses uh, license plate readers or LPRs consistently in okay. their law enforcement purposes. Um, we haven't used any of the grant funding. I can't remember if we used some CARES money to expand it, but it is one of those safety mechanisms where um, if there's a uh, car that's been used in a crime in one of our neighboring jurisdictions, it, the, the number will be out there. And if it tags and all of a sudden our officers know, hey, it's going down Ashford Dunwoody, go get it. So it, it, it works as a great law enforcement tool. Yeah, it's almost thinking like real-time analysis of like, let, let's say you see, like we'd be able to, to figure out, oh, this person is a resident based on, we, we see them go past this point the same every time day. every single day, right? So we'd kind of like verify, oh, that's, 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 a, that's a good person. That's Matt. He's dropping off his kids. But then uh, maybe a car we don't know of going past a school repeatedly 10 times back and forth within the same half hour, we would go, well, why is that going on? You know? Think of it this way. You use it um, for tracking the detective work after a crime is created. Right, right. If there's been a rash of burglaries in a subdivision and there's an LPR at the entrance of the subdivision, that car is tagged. I was thinking yeah. more pre-crime. You're getting into movies like Minority Report. Big, with, I with like that, their with privacy. The, with, yeah. with that, we're going to move on to the next topic. <laughs> That's too top secret, right? <laughs> um, the other the smaller thing that we're doing with this is grant writing. Um, we applied for some more grants with COVID-related funds. Didn't get any of them, but we used another public-private model. We don't have enough bandwidth here to apply for all the ones we see, but one of our vendors has staff who can help us with it. So we're going to use a little bit of this to see if we can leverage it to get more funding later on. Sounds cool. So, but again, the council took the $18.5 million and appropriated it all and planned it all out, except I think we've got a contingency of about one, one and a half million that we just, you know, when you've got an $18 million budget, put a contingency in, you don't know what you're going to need in the future, but they've planned it out. And again, that's kind of the core of what we've been talking about today is that we're starting to do stuff that's not just today, but today, tomorrow, and then the next year too. 
Well, it's fun well, when somebody gives you eighteen million bucks. Yeah, yeah like, <laughs> and I appreciate you planning ahead. That's okay. great. Um, By the way, eighteen million is right over here in this corner. <laughs> <laughs> we're we still to be technical. We still have not gotten the second half of the nine million yet from the state. We are awaiting it. We check every day to see if we've gotten the wire transfer. <laughs> it is. Uh, it was given to the state, I think, about a month ago, and it takes some time to trickle down to us. Yeah. Who's in charge of making that phone call every day? Oh, by the way, uh, it still hasn't dropped. And, uh... <laughs> that would be Linda Neighbors, and she does that every day. <laughs> That's funny. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's so important to for these things to have like one thing with them. Like We're talking about the, the bond that mm-hmm. you, I guess we haven't really gotten into, but um, the bond, I feel like it should be like the water park bond or the you know trails and that kind of thing where it's just like one thing you can point to be like that money paid for that which is you know what you've been talking about to give you a little bit of uh, bonds 101 because we did some with some of the town halls we did Mm -hmm. Uh, just so you know if bonds are put before the voters since we haven't had a geo bond by the city in Dunwoody there was one by the previous ones by the county it actually has to be isolated to one topic okay so for instance if um in the conversations that have occurred over the past two months we've discussed parks and trails and transportation parks and transportation have to be two separate votes they have to be two separate votes trails are always that kind of thing it can stand alone it can be with parks or it can be with transportation you just need to be consistent but yeah for bond votes Mm -hmm. you can't mix topics Uh, one of our neighboring jurisdictions uh last week announced it was doing one for three separate votes one for transportation this is roswell it uh, could be. Uh, one <laughs> it was for, Roswell. <laughs> one for transportation, one for public safety, and one for a parking deck. Okay. So it it's going to look at three separate questions on its November ballot. Oh, and they're all separated. They will all be separate questions. So two could fail, one could fail, all three could fail, or all three could pass. Okay. So the, I feel like everybody's doing bonds. Uh, that's the thing. Uh, uh, bonds are always Maybe a regular. I just never heard of them. <laughs> yeah. Bo- bonds are always a regular occurrence through municipal things. Um, Dunwoody put one on the ballot years ago. Didn't pass. And now we're looking at, now there's structure again, back to we're being an adolescent and we're starting to see what we're doing. Austin, Vermac, Trails were all in the discussion over the past couple of months. So those will be the discussions over the next, um, probably into 2023 and looking at a possible possible ballot at that time. Okay. Is there such a thing as like a, put it in like neighborhoods from tennis club terms, like an assessment, like a one-time mill upage and then it's going to go back down and and but i guess uh, like in ballot terms maybe that's like okay you guys got to vote on this but if you if we vote we all vote yes we're going to all pay 50 bucks next year that's not just a one-time thing and then we're going to get the drive-in movie theater or whatever you know what i'm saying yeah that's what the bond is but it's 20 years or yeah, so right and, and yeah it's kind of you're hitting on you can okay. also do it at different lengths some cities will do a 30-year bond, which means a lower payment for 30 years, but more interest. Yeah. 20s general average for somebody about our size as a city. Some places will do a short one, a 10-year one, which would almost get to that, here's your assessment, we're paying for it for 10 years. Okay. And to kind of give you the idea, for a, if a mill increase happened for just one year, you would probably generate about three and a half million for that one year. So when we started talking bonds, we're talking 30, 40, and $50 million packages. So a one mil increase doesn't even get to a tenth of that, which is why you bond them out. Well, three and a half million could buy a, I guess it could make some big facility 
for there's your splash pad. Yeah, I mean that's what I'm saying. There's the splash pad, right? And not going to it's not going to maintain it, but it's going to build it, right? Uh, the one other thing you tend to also look at is that this is an asset. I had to go into accounting terms, but it's an asset that's going to be used not just by the people in 2022, but the people in 2023. So, do you put the burden all on 22? Or do you let the people over 10 years pay for it, the people that will be using it over that time? Which is part of the reason that bonds do become a popular option is you are, it's, you may not even see this completed. You may move out of the city before then, yeah. but the person in your house afterwards will be enjoying the benefit of it. I guess that makes yeah. more sense than a one year. Yeah. Although it'd be fun every single year. It's like... <laughs> What are we? What are we gonna crowdsource? You know, <laughs> wouldn't be fun twenty years from now. But yeah. well, no, you'd have twenty different things. That's true. Right. That's true. <laughs> I want to hear about Austin's Park. I, well, like, I, I drove by. It's it's a really nice, like, almost circular space, which I never would. I didn't think Austin was that circular before. It just looks like a nice round park. It looks like a great jogging track. Yeah. Which is maybe all you really got to do over there. Is there you know? plans for it besides that? The plans ha are in development and will be presented to council soon. Okay. And with all the amenities, we've gotten feedback over from the citizens in the area, mm -hmm. and part of it's just taking, like all things, it's not instant. So at some point in the near future, we're gonna bring a, here's what's proposed for Austin Park. Here's the plan for it, council will adopt. Okay, what about Vermac? Is that anything It's a little bit behind Austin since we just purchased it. Mm -hmm. um, and it, it'll be in the same same vein. At some point there will be a, a, this is what we want programmatically on there. Okay. And here's what it is. Austin and Vermac, two different land things, two different areas. And we also get into, back to when you were asking about the splash pad, do we need amenities at every park? So is Brook Run, now, even though there is Brook Run other phases we'd like to add to, there's also, we've got two other ones, so a little bit closer to the people on the northern and the western sides. So let's look at balancing it out at some point. Yeah. I do like how you have all the sports in one area, though. I think that's pretty cool. It's cool. There's also a demand for other sports that we don't have. Yeah. And we need to start looking at whether or not we add those at the other parks we've got or at other locations. That makes sense. Yeah. So how'd you get into this? How long have you been here? Been here in Dunwoody? Yeah. Uh, three years or so. Okay. I went, went to your alma mater of UGA and got an MPA there and then have been in state and local government in Georgia pretty much ever since. Okay. Where else have you been? Uh, the Let's see. Was with the state budget office, was with Gwinnett County, City of Roswell, uh, Atlanta Public Schools, and DeKalb County for 11 years. You've seen a little bit of everything. Seen a little bit of everything. We're the, and we're the best, right? Yeah. This, this, I have to say... The great things about here is community participation is off the chain. And I, and, and I applaud that because I always tell citizens, look, you can call me anytime. You know, if I'm asleep, I'm not picking up the phone. But our staff here is also responsive to that citizen input. Mm -hmm. And one good thing about being the city of Dunwoody is we can be responsive to smaller things. Yeah. And I like that where it's, you're, we're not big and it's not a, there's no bureaucracy here. If you came in off the street and walked to the front desk and said, I have a code enforcement thing down the road, literally she can call one of our code enforcement officers and they'll know about it in about 10 minutes. And there's no, there's no, we're nimble. We're very nimble. And I do like that and very responsive when the little things pop up and the little problems, mm -hmm. you aren't fighting a bureaucracy to get things done. Yeah. Well, the numbers that, that come out of like Sandy Springs and Roswell are, you know, the bonds that was the city or a town, was it City Springs? 
that was like two hundred million dollars. Like when we built Brook Run, that was a big deal for what nine million. We I feel are, like we do everything just a little bit lower, but it's nice. It's almost like a small town feel, like with the parade. You know, it's like mm-hmm. everything is easily handled. Uh, we are a fifty thousand person city, and we are also back to the original parks, paving, and police. We are providing less services than a Sandy Springs. Sandy Springs mm-hmm. has a fire department. Our fire is still the county. Our sanitation is still the county. Um, so what we're looking at stuff is we are focused on what we do, and then we, rea- we we also expand where we need to. So for instance, the citizens here are, parks is always talked about, and transportation. Walkability is another one that citizens always talk to, and three years ago, out of one of the retreats, the council came up with, we wanna be connected. And I know that's more like a slogan, Mm -hmm. but it's become for staff, one of the guiding things in public works is when we start to look at stuff, the connections between them, which is how trails came up as part of the bond discussion. Can you get from east to west all on one trail? And so the council's giving guidance, but back to we're still operating like a small city, but a small city that's almost full service. Yeah. People ask me, hey, what's going on with that the, the sidewalks over by Georgetown Kroger? And I would always say, they're just connecting more stuff. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's that simple. Now, yep. Something to be said of being value in that if you can go from point A to point B in a city, and the only thing you're going to do is you might cross a street. Yeah. They gotta, you guys got to work on that old spring house. And his neighborhood is like the only, the Georgetown Bridge is so nice, but then you got to go up that hill. You know what I mean? What do you want, an escalator? <laughs> no, that's like the final part of the trail system, though, that just never... We heard about that five years ago. Yeah, yeah we, podcast. Part, of, part of the out, uh, output of the bond discussion over the past few months is working on working on trail system plan. Yeah. So things like that will get addressed in the near future. Awesome. All right, so we tried to stick with 20, 30 minutes, and we're a little over that, but... It was fun conversation. Yeah. Yeah, you know a lot about a lot. I am, I am here to help this city run. That's what we're here to do. Well, thanks for coming on. We appreciate it. No problem.